Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. And I'm Marn. And this is Media Argonalysis, the Patreon-funded show where the Argonauts go in and look at uh, different ARG-related media. It needs a better name than that, so please suggest one for us. Please. <laughs> uh, each month we're going to go in and look at uh, a movie or piece of media that is related to ARGs in one of two ways, one of which being uh, if the game had an ARG associated with it, which is what uh, this week is going to be, or this month, God, I can't do this every week, uh, which is what this month is going to be, uh, or if the movie itself has an ARG-like game within it, uh, something like National Treasure or Under the Silver Moon, um, which are both on our list to get to. Um, I think those are the only two types of shows that we're going to cover on here. Yeah. All right. Um, so please, uh, this one is a, a Patreon-sponsored show. Uh, we're doing it because we hit a certain tier on our Patreon. So if there are movies that you want to see us cover, uh, please feel free to reach out on Patreon. I'll put up a post, I guess. I'm not really sure how Patreon would do for this, but I'll put up a post of uh, where we can take some recommendations. I think next time we're going to be looked, we're going to look to do uh, National Treasure, which is what we said we would do this week, but we decided that we're going to swap over to AI, artificial intelligence, so that we knew what the hell we just covered with the beast. I, I'm going to be real. I still don't know what the hell we just covered. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for this movie, which you should check out if you want to. If you don't want to, whatever. Listen to us. Uh, it's weird because this one takes place before and after uh, the beast. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers for this movie also it's insane <laughs> it's definitely super weird i'm excited to dive into this one with you um should we... i i like i went into it thinking that i like had an assumption of what it would be because i was like oh yeah it's like a steven spielberg movie it like got nominated for a bunch of awards it's probably like i've seen those before <laughs> yeah like I, i've seen i've seen this movie and then i was like wait a second what hello <laughs> uh so this movie uh ai artificial intelligence uh came out in 2001 was directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, but conceived by uh, Stanley Kubrick, which is a, a, a weird note about this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, and then a screenplay by Spielberg and Ian Watson, and it stars Haley Joel Osment, Jude Law, Francis O'Connor, Brennan Gleeson, and William Hurt. Um, a good cast in this movie. Yeah, I had no idea that uh, Jude Law was in this movie. I, I knew that Haley Joel Osment was, like, the main character, because mm-hmm. I've just, like, absorbed that through cultural osmosis. I had no idea Jude Law was in this movie at all. And I, like, I spent, like, half of the first hour of the movie f- trying to figure out if it was actually Jude Law. <laughs> yeah, I, the only thing I really knew about this movie was that it was about a small robot boy. Same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was. Uh... I, I knew, to, I well, I knew that it was, like he leaves home and goes missing because i knew that from when we talked about the arg Uh uh-huh yeah i didn't realize that he like he doesn't like go missing he doesn't disappear he just like his mom kicks him out (laughs) yeah uh also i spent this movie doing the same thing that i do with every movie that has jude law in it um which is that i look at the screen and i squint and i go is that ewan mcgregor that's not ewan (laughs) mcgregor who the hell is they're that if it's not Ewan McGregor? They're basically the same actor. I can never remember that Jude Law exists. I always forget about him until... And then I will think, no, this is the guy that looks like Ewan McGregor, but I always forget. And then I have oh to sit God. with that and wonder what their name actually is. Uh-huh. And this time he played a robot, which made it like even slightly more uncanny, because I was like, maybe it's just Ewan McGregor in a bunch of weird makeup. Oh, yeah, I read that they they sprayed, like, liquid latex on his face to make him look like Uncanny Valley for this movie. It worked. <laughs> it really it really did. I was impressed with the effects in this movie. I don't know if we want to talk about, like, the plot or whatever, 
but I was impressed with the effects in this movie. I was also blown away that this came out in 2001. Yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time watching this being like, are you for real that this came out in 2001? Like, it looks so good. Yeah, there's one or two little things that, like, you can tell that the computers aren't quite up to snuff where they are doing CGI. But this one is one of those movies like... um like Jurassic Park where you watch it today and you're just like, Oh, okay. They nailed the CGI in this, that even when it was done back in the day, it looks like this could have come out last year and wouldn't be super surprising. Yeah. And I, I actually read that uh, when Stanley Kubrick was working on this movie, it originally got stuck in development hell because he didn't think that like digital effects were good enough to like, create the movie yet basically huh he like he, he didn't he didn't think that effect like the effects were met the bar that like he wanted them to for making this movie well stanley kubrick's an idiot because uh this movie looks great <laughs> hot well, take think, stanley kubrick's was... an idiot argonaut well, said be... it ship it <laughs> to be fair to him i think it was a development hell for like 10 years or something like that so i have a fun fact about the development hell um Stan- so uh the story behind this movie stanley kubrick um conceived of this movie basically as a modern retelling of pinocchio um and then it got stuck in development hell for a long time up until uh his death and before he died he went to other filmmaker and his friend steven spielberg and said hey I want you to make this movie after I die. And so Steven Spielberg kind of as a favor to a friend did it. Um, And so that's why this movie exists instead of being forever locked in development hell. It's because Spielberg decided to take that up on himself. Um, Which is very cool. It's it's super neat. And one of the reasons this movie was in development hell for so long, apparently Kubrick wanted a robot to play a role in the movie. Oh my God. Like he wanted, he was hopeful that we would get to the point where a robot could act as, I assume David. Holy shit. And that just never happened. So he was like, fuck it, get a kid, put him in there. Let's go. <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, Apparently, a lot of people blame, like to blame the weird ending on Spielberg, but that like was a Kubrick original. Yeah, I was reading the stuff, and he was like, "Look, I know that I have a reputation as being like, you know, you look at Kubrick stuff. No one's ever going to call him like warm and fuzzy, um, and I'm like schmaltzy and um, the opposite of cynical. I can't think of the word right now, um, but like." That was all him. Like, we wrote this together, so I don't know. <laughs> Please don't blame me for the ending if you think it's weird and out of place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the ending, should we cover the plot for this movie? Sure. All right. Um, so you're going to hear a couple names in here that you might remember from The Beast uh, in our coverage. Um, this movie opens with, like, a group of what it looks it's like a robotics class as a guy is monologuing about how they've made robots that are super cool and super great but what they need to do is teach a robot to love um and then one person in the room is like uh if we teach a robot to love don't we owe it to the robot to love it and can we do that and he was like eh we'll figure it out in the details later and that's the theme of the movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, so flash forward. This movie is about um, a young robot child named David. He is the first of his kind who uh, is put together as a prototype um, and is, is able to experience love and dropped off with a family whose son is in a coma uh, following some kind of accident. And eventually the family warms up to David and they're like, great. You can be part of our family now. Um, we'll accept you and we will uh, basically imprint or use a code so that you imprint on me so that David sees Monica as his mother. Um, and I got to say, 
uh i've never really looked at Haley joel osmond as like a great child actor i've just kind of always seen him as like oh that kid that was in a bunch of movies he's fantastic in this yeah he's really good in this movie uh yeah he's incredible as a a fake as a robot child that eventually like starts off being like slightly endearing but very weird overall and then like the imprinting happens and it's like a light switch goes off and it's like oh shit like this thing knows that that's its mom now um in like just through like facial expression and eye acting alone i was like damn you're like eight how did you do that (laughs) i read that um Haley joel osmond pitched to spielberg that he shouldn't blink on camera because he's supposed to be like an uncanny valley robot mm-hmm. and they like added that into the movie he like he only blinks i think like once in the entire movie and same with jude law wild yeah he's it's, he's very good in this movie um he's really good at this movie yeah um but eventually he it, it starts off the family is like here uh we're you're, we're gonna go to a party so I guess we're just going to, like, leave you in the room because you can't go to bed or anything. So that's weird. Let's give you an old teddy bear to play with that is, like, a robot teddy bear. And they become friends. Yeah, and we knew we knew from the ARG about, like, the robot teddy bears and the robot toys and stuff. Yeah. Um, God, I was on Haley Joel Osment's Wikipedia page because I was like, what? have i like heard him him in recently or seen him in recently it's kingdom hearts yeah he's the voice <laughs> of sora yep. he voices sora <laughs> he was also in uh the boys which i know you've been watching right was he really he plays uh he plays mesmer a former child superhero who uh oh you're right is washed up basically it oh, has you're right it has to suck when you're like great i'm an actor nowadays my typecast is Washed up child star. Great. <laughs> on one hand, it's like a, a level of self-awareness that I appreciate. But on the other hand, it's got to suck to be like, yeah, you got that role. I'll be your washed up child blank. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame because he's really good. He is very good. Um, um, and, and he's very good at, as Sora in the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's been doing that for, like, as long as I've been alive, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure you recorded Kingdom Hearts 1 on the way home from filming 2001, or uh, from (laughs) filming AI. (laughs) So, eventually, so this family grows. Oh, there's one super creepy scene where uh, Haley Joel Osment just, like, laughs at the dinner table. Yes! Um just because like the mom has Monica has like a noodle hanging out of her mouth and you can tell like David looks back and forth between the dad and the mom and he doesn't eat. So he's just sitting there at the dinner table with an empty plate in front of him, looking back and forth. And eventually he looks over at Monica and just busts out like in fake robotic laughter that just like freaks the shit out of both people at the table and then they start laughing and he stops laughing and it's one of the most surreal scenes i've ever seen in film it's wild (laughs) um a lot of the like uncanny valley robot stuff in this movie was good it's really good and it's done by like an eight-year-old so power to you um but then eventually uh the original son of the family uh, comes out of his coma. Uh, Martin wakes up and is like, hey, uh, I'm not in a coma anymore. I don't know why that's why I think he said when he woke up. Um, <laughs> Martin, who is played by one of the uh, Disney Channel original television show stars. It is. Also. Yeah, it's the little brother from Lizzie McGuire, which uh, was a, a character buried deep in my memory that I didn't know that I remembered until I saw him in a photo and went, oh, that's the shitty brother. Um, yeah. But so the two the two are together and you can tell that Martin doesn't like David or at the very least just like looks at him and says like, yeah, you're a robot. Like, I don't have to care about you. You're not a person. Um, and so he 
taunts David. He makes David eat food one time, which like shuts down his systems in a horrifying scene. Yeah, which is also very scary. Yeah. Um, he uh, tells him that like, hey, I need you to do a secret mission so that if you do this, Monica's going to love you. Um, you should go cut off a lock of her hair. And uh, in the attempt to do so, he accidentally cuts Monica instead. And like, I had to look away from that scene as it was happening because it creeped me out. Um, I don't do eye horror <laughs> or scissors in bed, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but eventually they, they they have like a pool party where uh, all the other kids, all of Martin's friends are like, Hey, let's, uh, let's tease this robot kid. I wonder if it has pain receptors, which is a thing that like my family servant robot has. Um, so he takes like the cake knife and like, that doesn't stab him with it, but like kind of pokes into him with the knife and like, yeah. David kind of freaks out, like turns around, grabs Martin and is like, I need save me, save me, help me, save me. And is like cowering away and falls into the pool and carries him, carries Martin with him. Um, and in doing so has him like locked in a robotic vice grip that like they are scared and not able to escape from. And like, it takes like four different adults to dive into the pool and pry the kid out of his hands and get him above the water. It's all shot from in the water and like really scary as you listen to the reflected water noises to hear what's happening above ground. And you just see the kid's legs as he like recovers and starts to breathe again. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so because of these incidents, uh monica and her husband are like we need to take this kid back he's defective we need to take him we need to take him for a picnic and bring him back to cybertronics which is the company that was in the arg a lot yes and who cybertronics we are we are aware of them we are um <laughs> oh uh, along the way um monica keeps reading the store a storybook to the two boys which is uh pinocchio um and the star- the part that like takes root in David is that like Pinocchio's not a real boy, but the blue fairy lets him become a real boy. And Martin tells him that the reason that his mom will never love him like his mom loves Martin is because he's not real. Yes. File that away. Which, <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> which does suck. Um so eventually uh monica decides you know what this little boy i'm done with Haley joel osmond he's a little too creepy he's too good in this role um i need to take him and turn him into cybernetics but before she gets there she has a change of heart and uh basically dumps him in the woods and is like i gotta go don't go that direction or else cybertronics is gonna get you also stay away from the flesh fair bye gets in her car drives away David's abandoned in the woods. Sometimes you just leave your son in the woods. You know? Yeah, I mean, he's he's. She gives him a shitload of money, uh, apparently, um, and then she's like, "Yeah, bye. Uh, I'm your. I, I guess I'm kind of your mom. So bye. Uh, good luck, kid." <laughs> like on one hand, I get it. On the other hand, it seems more cruel to just leave your robot son in the woods yeah it seems way worse to like dump especially when apparently she knows that the quote-unquote flesh fair is on their way so she's like hey avoid bad guys and don't go to the company but good luck like that's yeah there's at some point that's definitely worse than just like turning the kid in which she knows she's told early on that like once this thing imprints on you you can't undo it so like we can't return the robot you can only destroy it so i guess it's better than that but not by much but she's like abandoning him to be 
kidnapped and like poured acid onto. That's true. um so here's here's where my first problem with this movie comes in this is a two and a half hour movie everything i just covered is the first hour and a half yeah this movie is so long i think i messaged you when i uh started it and i was like why is this movie so long yeah i i i did not realize like and i feel like a lot of that could have been condensed a bit um i mean i guess in covering this i'm am talking about all of this but like there's a lot of the 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 filmmaking in this is very steven spielberg doing a a, a kubrick impression um so it is a lot of like Kubrick style shots done by Spielberg. Um, yes. Which I guess leads to a bit of a slower kind of storytelling than you're used to with Spielberg. But like, I really feel like, especially with like all of the plot happening in the back half of the movie, I feel like it could have been shortened down a bit to expand on some of that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I kind of went into it thinking that it was going to be like a 90 minute movie because i was like i've seen spielberg movies before etc and so forth uh-huh um, and then i looked at the at the runtime and i was like oh no oh, this is a two and a half hour movie yeah i yeah yep uh so i know i watched this over my lunch break and then uh, after work i finished it up and i was like that's i paused after that and i was like all right well now that we're an hour in the exposition is done it's time to get to a plot (laughs) this movie feels like three movies in one movie it really does uh it it is literally like three separate entire plots in one movie yep um so (laughs) that was plot and apparently apparently it was like intended to be that way to like mirror kind of the structure of pinocchio the story okay which I kind of get, because Pinocchio also does the same thing, where, like, he is a puppet, and he wants to be a real boy, and then he, like, runs away, and he goes to Pleasure Island, and then he, like, gets stuck in the whale. And that's kind of, like, three stories together. That's But also, true. this movie is bonkers. <laughs> yeah, so an hour and 15 minutes in, we are introduced to our second main character, uh gigolo joe a played huh? play by jude law played by uh <laughs> shit i was trying to make the joke but now i can't remember the other guy's name played by ewan mcgregor yeah, played by not ewan mcgregor uh <laughs> uh so gigolo joe as his name uh implies is a a sex mecca they call robots mecca and which yeah people orgas yes like mechanic and organic just short which is weird because in the ARG they're straight up just called robots yeah it's just robots and ai so that threw me for a bit um it is neat that like the society has existed long enough that people are like yeah we're orgas like we are we we have a term for ourselves in opposition to the other thing that we have created and that exists alongside of us. Like, it is very I, cool. I guess you could just do that with human. Yeah, you could do that. Well, they they don't. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so Joe is a a sex mecca, uh, which is a very fun phrase to say, um, and he. Uh, finds that one of his clients uh, is dead when he arrives in her room and he is set up by her husband to take the fall for this crime. Uh, So he goes on the run. Yes, Um, he certainly is. And then I guess that he's just right nearby uh, where David is because the two of them uh, get picked up by the world's subtlest... um, collection group the flesh fair which have a hot air balloon shaped like a giant moon which fucking rules (laughs) martin tell me about the flesh fair uh they 
are anti-robot people who are helmed by like a bonkers Irish dude who uh, has just a giant like mechanical zeppelin that is shaped like the moon and they kidnap robots and they take them to their carnival to kill them. Yeah, they've got fucking like Wolf Tron bikers that chase yes! down robots. I think I sent you a message while I was watching that part. Hang on. Uh yeah, I literally exactly when I hit that part of the movie, I sent you a message that just said, Hey, this movie is insane. <laughs> Because they're like, they're like, we're gonna unleash the wolves or whatever it is, and it's just like Tron bikers with like <laughs> helmets that have wolf ears on them. Oh, it rules! It's incredible. Like the movie hit that part, and I was like, why haven't I been watching this movie the whole time? Like, where's yeah. this movie been for the why, past hour? Why did I have to sit with the sad family melodrama when I yeah. could have been watching the wolves? get robots for the flesh fair also this scene so this this part is uh precipitated by um some like robot trash hat dump happens and then a bunch of like robots come together to scavenge through and try to find like replacement parts for themselves mm-hmm. uh which is a very cool scene of people like grabbing jaws off of one robot and attaching it to themselves and it almost fits but doesn't quite and other guys like lining up arms to see if he's got the right like wires that connect it's wild and it shows like excuse me coming into this movie part of my misconception was that i and the arg as a whole my misconception was that all ais were like david and it turns out um, he's the first one. Like they were all passers, I think is the term that the that ARG used eventually. Yeah, I think I I got pretty pretty much right off the bat that that wasn't the case because they make a huge deal about how much he passes as like a real human child. I I realized, yeah, I, I knew that watching the movie, but it wasn't until I saw this scene that I was like, oh, this is what we're dealing with. And then we're introduced to Gigolo Joe and we see like, okay, he looks more human than other robots, but he's still very like uncanny valley. You look at him and you know, that's a robot. Yeah. So um, that was something I wasn't expecting until the ARG, honestly. Um and then yeah, they all get rounded up by the flesh far the flesh fair. That the the moon hot air balloon is so dope because you just see like the moon rapidly ascending over a hill, and it's like Jesus Christ, why is that rising so fast? And it turns yeah. out it's a oh hot air balloon. It is like fully like batshit how fast this movie hits the gas from being like tragic family melodrama to like full-on like science fiction like humans versus robot war movie yeah you wanted mad max right who ordered the mad max well here you go (laughs) yeah so all of them get taken to this like demolition derby for robots yes uh and then they're like you see all the robots in a cage and inside the inside this demolition derby, you see a bunch of robots getting destroyed and smashed and like all sorts of different ways. Like graphically destroyed. Yeah. There is a, uh, there's a Chris, Chris rock voices a robot that gets one line before he gets shot out of a cannon through like a flaming hoop and explodes. Yeah. Um, inside the cage one of the robots is like hey i need someone to like turn off my pain receptors like please for the love of god i've got a switch on my back somebody please hit that um and then people are like hey there's a kid in the box like someone get the kid out of the cage and someone goes up and like scans him and is like nah it's a it's a robot they're like bullshit that's a kid (laughs) so it's a bunch of like back and forth about that before the like boss of the whole place who's played by Brendan Gleeson um, 
takes him out there and he's like, let's destroy this robot. And then the crowd is like, what the fuck? That's a kid. Yeah, I actually really liked that part. Yeah. Because like you they establish really early on, like when he's starting with a knife that David like has a response to like fear and pain, which a lot of like the other robots don't in like the the demolition derby. Uh, and when he like gets touched with burning acid, he like starts screaming and crying and like pleading for his life. And the, the, like, crowd that hates robots is like, oh, that's like a human child. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And the scene is that, like, I think that, like, the audience has a bunch of beanbags. And they're supposed to throw it and hit a target. And if it's kind of like a dunking booth. Except instead of dunking, it'll pour acid on the robots. And so... Uh, Joe and David are up under this contraption and the crowd has all these beanbags and instead they just start shucking them at Brendan Gleeson's character instead. It's really good. It's a good. really cool scene. Um, and then I guess they just leave. Yeah, they just leave. They just leave. And Joe's like, great, I'll help you find what you're looking for. What is it? And David's like, I need to find the blue fairy and become a real boy. And he's like, that sounds fake, but okay, let's go. Because I don't know anything about this, but Dr. No will. So they go to like some resort town, which is like, I don't know, Robot Las Vegas, um, where they meet Robin Williams pretending to be Albert Einstein in a hologram. Yeah. It's like... Google hologram. It's like, what if Ask Jeeves was twice as annoying and yeah. charged you every time you wanted to search something? There has to be a search engine like that out there, right? Ask Jeeves? No, I mean like a search engine that you have to pay to use. Uh, I can't imagine using one if Google's right there. I know that Bing, like, they might not do this anymore, don't uh don't uh quote me on it being used to like pay you to use it because they want it to be bigger than google <laughs> like <laughs> like you could get rewards on certain like google owned uh websites by using bing i think hell yeah <laughs> unless i'm thinking of a different uh search engine that's really funny um <laughs> oh no they're no they still do it I just searched Bing rewards. Uh, you get like points by searching stuff with Bing, uh, and you and you can spend the points on the uh, on the Microsoft Store. Hell yeah! For Microsoft rewards, time to get into <laughs> because Bing. They, <laughs> because they just wanted to be Google so bad that they were, they were like, well, what if we just pay people to use Bing? Like we will pay you to use Bing, and we were like, nah, still no. I'm out. <laughs> we will literally pay you to use our search engine, please. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, through a scene that I don't remember the specifics of, basically they figure out the right way to search Google to ask it to lead them to the Blue Fairy, and then it gives them a riddle yeah which was a really weird thing that i guess gets explained later in the movie but at the time i was like what the fuck i can't imagine google working by being like ah you've seen through my query string here's a riddle so you can answer the question um but it tells them that they can go see the fairy basically if they go to a building in uh in manhattan and so they steal a police helicopter and go. Which rules. Yeah. Robots should steal things all the time. <laughs> I think robots should have the right to steal. I think robots should have the right to steal. Oh, also, what I was saying before you uh, stopped being able to hear me and I got sent to the Shadow Realm yeah. 
is that um, apparently there were a lot more sex scenes originally intended to be in this movie and Spielberg just straight up did not film them. That sounds like the difference between Spielberg and Kubrick. That yep. checks out to me. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, so the first line of the movie are like, well, we didn't stop global warming. And so the sea levels rose and overtook the coasts like New York and Amsterdam. And then I checked my watch and this came out in 2001. Yeah. So it's cool how many little things are coming true along the way. <laughs> um, Yikes. But then, uh, yeah, so they go to Manhattan and it is uh, pretty much submerged underwater. Um, I messaged you about this. It's very weird seeing a post-apocalyptic vision of the New York skyline that also includes the World Trade Center. It it is very weird. I I don't even actually know if I noticed it until you pointed it out, and then I went back and watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah. You huh. see it in you see it here, and then you see it later again, uh, which was wild to see. Um, just I, I don't know for as much as things stay the same it's weird how like a big event upends something and it's like oh this is just like entirely wrong now and looks weird to look at today um oh have you have you seen that there's like a a muppet christmas movie that's like a wonderful life parody that's like kermit in a world where he had never been born and the the world trade center is like still in the background of of new york in that movie (laughs) And the movie like takes place after 9-11 <laughs> and some people are like wait a second <laughs> Kermie <laughs> I just googled it to make sure I was saying the right thing and yeah I found the first <laughs> the first uh, or the second google hit for it is someone asking on Stack Exchange was this just stock footage or footage filmed before 9-11 that no one noticed? Or were the creators seriously <laughs> claiming that Kermit had something to do with 9-11? <laughs> uh, you heard the truth from us first, folks. Uh, look into the Henson Company. Follow the money. <laughs> Whose hands are puppeteering who? God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they fly to Manhattan... Uh, and it's almost entirely covered in water. And they find a building that matches up with the riddle. And um, David goes inside and, like, he sees a chair turned around. And he's like, hello, are you uh, Dr. Hobby? Who's a character in the ARG. Um, mm-hmm. Are you Dr. Hobby? And turns the chair around. And it's another David. Uh, acting the same way that David kind of did in the beginning of the movie before he'd imprinted. And kind of like a little smarmy. He's like, he's like, is this where Dr. Hobby is? He goes, no, this is where I read. Uh, It's a very creepy scene. And then our David goes absolutely sicko mode and destroys <laughs> this David yelling, you can't have her. You can't have her. And just it, kills yeah. the other robot. Marn, wouldn't it be fucked up if there were two robots and one of them killed the other one with a rock? <laughs> I mean, but then you but then you find out that there's like a million Davids. Yeah, Dr. Hobby comes in and he's like, oh, hey, kid, uh... You wait here. I'm going to go find my friends. I'm glad you found us. We hit a riddle on Google and it came true and you found us, which I guess is more of an ARG than we ever expected now that I think about it. Um, (laughs) But like, I'm going to go get my gang. You hang out here and we'll be good to go. And David like looks through the room and finds a shitload of other Davids and like David parts and boxed up like Davids and diane dolls or something like that like the other doll that you can tell is the barbie to his ken 
it's like a deeply messed up scene. And then like one of the boxes. It's very spooky. Yeah. One of the boxes starts shaking a bit. And David's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. It was very spooky. He just like sits outside for a few minutes looking over the sunrise. Like just like watching over. And then just jumps. It's fucked up. I feel like a lot of people... Apparently, a lot of people think that that should be the end of the movie, and I was like, what? I thought it was closer to the ending than it was. But yeah, if you want the world's most tragic movie, have that be your ending. Yeah, I like. I thought that was going to be the ending, and then I was like, oh, there's like so much of this movie left. Yeah, then I paused it to get water and realized there was an hour left. Um, <laughs> probably not that long, like 40 minutes. Um so yeah so david jumps and like lands in the water and sinks and he sinks down and realizes that um there is like a fairy tale land under the water which i think is coney island i think it's an attraction Uh, there um yes yeah so turns out he gets saved by uh, Joe, who has the, I guess they'd said it once or twice, but it's like a hydrocopter, so it can go underwater too. Uh, he gets brought back to the surface by Joe, who's like, "Hey kid, you okay?" And David's like, "Yeah, I saw the I saw the fairy down there. I need to go find the blue fairy. She's underwater." And Joe's like, "That doesn't seem like a great idea." But then he starts getting sucked up by an electromagnet by the police. And he's like, well, hydrocopter's yours, kid. Go nuts. Um, also, I think we knew from the ARG that Coney Island was under the ocean. I feel like we talked about that I, in the ARG. I know that we talked about the uh, Ferris wheel being underwater from... Oh, the helicopter chase. Yeah, that is an event that happens in the ARG. I guess that's the same helicopter. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, but that couldn't be because no one was around. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, Joe's gone. So David's like, okay, let's take this copter underwater. He goes. He finds the uh. He finds the blue fairy statue and he like along the way knocks over the wonder wheel, which is underwater. And it like bears down and holds the copter in place in front of this statue. So the copter Mm -hmm. can't move. And then David just starts wishing to be a real boy. And this happens until... His battery runs out, basically. Yeah, he, like, freezes in, like, cryo-sleep. Yeah. Which is a good uh, parallel to the real child at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Um, There's a lot of Disney shit in this movie. Yeah. Like Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, obviously, Tron, <laughs> uh... I was about to say there's the whale, but that's also Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then and then I thought, okay, that is also a very tragic ending for this movie. And then 2,000 years later, the hybrid evolved forms of robots and humans extract him from the ocean and wake him up. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, I have something to say about that, which is that I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, how does the ARG supposed to tie into this? And I went looking and apparently it was specified either by the people who ran the ARG or the novelization of the movie and i'm not sure which because i didn't really dig into it that much um but apparently it's specified that the the cytoplankton like 
unionize or whatever as we talked about in in <laughs> yep. episode four of the ARG. Uh and they turn into a giant mirror that reflects all of the sunlight back from the earth and they send the earth into a second ice age. Cytoplankton one, human zero. AI's point five. <laughs> they get an assist. <laughs> So, yeah, 2,000 years later, these weird, like, metallic-looking robots. Oh, also, the, the, the teddy bear has been there this whole time. The teddy bear has been David's friend hanging out with him. Yes. Um. But the uh, these aliens wait, or not aliens, they look like aliens, but they're AIs. They wake up, David, um... And at first I thought, oh, it's kind of neat because he went from being like the most advanced robot on Earth to the least. But then Teddy's there with him. So like, never mind. Yeah. Um, But David gets revived and they're like, great. Uh, And he goes, "Okay, well, I still need to become a real boy from the Blue Fairy. And then he like touches the statue and it just shatters because it's been frozen for 2000 years. Um, Yes. And then the people like rebuild his old family home and they're like you can live here and he's like well great but where's my mom like i the only thing i literally care about on this entire planet is my mom uh and they're like well we can't really bring her back we can bring back some people and turn through some way but we can only do that if we have like their genetic material and he's like, well, I don't have that, so I guess we're done. And then Teddy's like, actually, when you cut her hair, um, I took that lock of hair, so I have that right here. I That was the part for me that it was, like, the hardest to suspend my disbelief for, because I was like, I genuinely do not believe that this lock of hair has like been held on to for this whole movie <laughs> it would make like how how dare you tell me it it would make sense if daniel had or if david had it i don't think it makes sense for teddy to keep it where was he keeping it also he had like that a it little have gotten, pouch like, thing frozen i don't know Spielberg coming through with his endings. Um, but then the, the, the robots are like, all right, well, we can use this. We can bring her back for a day and we won't be able to do it again. And I have no idea why that's the case. I did not understand their explanation. I also didn't. Um, and so... They bring the mom back for a day and he gets one more day with his mom. And then like she falls asleep after like he tucked her in. And then David also falls asleep and all the lights in the house shut off. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Is it? A- they both good. Maybe die or they just go to sleep. Yep. Is it a happy ending? Is it a sad ending? I'm not sure. Who knows? Who knows? It's definitely an ending. (laughs) One of eight. (laughs) Yeah, this one of like three different endings that this movie has. Maybe five. Yeah. So what did what do you think of the movie overall? I, j- I, I don't know. <laughs> I the So the part at the beginning where it was like a, a family drama movie with robots was fine. The part in the middle was awesome. Yeah. With like the, the Tron bikers and the robot bounty hunters and a Zeppelin. And then the part at the end kind of lost me. Yeah, I really felt like, I I don't know. I was like, well, I, this is a way to end this movie. Um, yeah, this this movie took me on an emotional roller coaster. 
it's very cool and very audacious to be like, great, uh, we're, we're talking about robots here, so 2,000 years pass. Do something about it. Yeah. I like, I like that part of the ending. Um, I don't think I was the like, payoff really works. Yeah, I know. I, I completely agree. I um, When I went into this, I was like, oh, like I feel like this is a really well-known like Spielberg movie, but like I've never heard anybody like say that much about uh-huh. it. And now I know why nobody really says that much about this movie. <laughs> Cause Jesus Christ, what can you say about this movie? It's almost as long as the beast. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't really, I don't think the ending really works too well. I think that it also, it doesn't ever really like they, they, so they do a thing where, uh, if you have a first scene of your movie in which a central question is asked, that question is the theme of your movie. Uh, but consider, what if it wasn't? And none of the rest of the movie ever, like, the first half of the movie does kind of get into, like, what do we owe this child now that we've, like, programmed it to love us? But then she abandons the kid, and he kind of stumbles through just loving the mom back. And it never really... Like, in the end, she she says that she's loved him forever, or whatever. And, but that's not an answer to that question. And the rest of the movie doesn't really engage with that question either. It just asks the question, wouldn't it be fucked up if we made a robot love someone? (laughs) And the answer is yes. Also, there's bikers. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, have you considered, on one hand, yes, movie needs a motif. But on the other hand cyberpunk bikers go burr yeah but on that other hand cyber cybertron bikers can be your motif (laughs) yeah i think this movie i mean the acting in it is really good all of the effects are surprisingly great um apparently um I i was just reading about this because i was curious uh some of the uh visual effects supervisors did work on jurassic park that okay that checks out I know that, like, I believed that doll. And I feel like I believed that Teddy existed. And I feel like if they made this movie today, they would make a teddy bear that I wouldn't believe. You know what I mean? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. The the Jurassic Park people were visual effects supervisors and then they were fired? Question mark. Oh. And uh, someone else was hired who tried to assemble a series of little robot-type humans for the David character. We tried to construct a little boy with a movable rubber face to see whether we could make it look appealing, producer Jen Harlan reflected. But it was a total failure and it looked awful. Oh, speaking of of robots looking awful, do you remember that super fucked up when, when he eats the spinach and then like his eye starts to droop? Yes. Oh, that's something I didn't quite, uh, quite get in there when we talked about that earlier. But who, boy, there's some messed up uh, AI melting stuff in this movie. Yeah, this movie has some like serious robot body body horror. Yeah, if you don't want to see robots getting beat up, uh, this is a bad movie for you. Yeah, um, yeah, he like eats spinach and his face starts to melt. That's how I feel when I eat bad spinach. <laughs> yeah. Also, they the next scene is a bunch of uh like technicians removing it from him and like cleaning his chips and shit. And they're like, "Oh boy, you can smell the garlic." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> uh did you know that Josh Groban is in one of the songs that was made for this movie? I did not know that. I think it's the the song that plays in the credits. Huh. Yeah, I I'll be honest, for as like big as this movie apparently was, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Yeah, I've 
for as, for as big as this movie was, I have never heard a single other living being talk about it, and I'm I understand why. I, yeah, I was really expecting this to be either like a really good like unknown gem or just like really bad. And it turns out it's right in the middle. There's a lot of good yeah, stuff it's... in it, but it's just like as a whole is kind of eh. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but I don't know that I would watch this movie again for fun. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm probably never going to check this out again. Um, an interesting thing is that a lot of critics originally thought it was kind of mediocre and then kind of rethought their opinion on it years later and were like, this is kind of an underrated movie, I think. I don't know that I agree. I think it's about as rated as it should be. Uh, yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the movie that should give you uh, a little bit of context and insight for The Beast. Indeed. Well, hell yeah. I huh? I like the I I like the ARG better. Yeah. <laughs> if if uh, this movie would have been a lot better if um Gladiators had shown up. I agree. Just at any point. I was hoping that they would, and I was like, oh, wait, the ARG takes place, like, 40 years after the movie. Never fucking mind, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's 40 <laughs> years after the after the events of the movie, and also uh, 1,960 years after the ARG. So it's kind of in that yeah. nice sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apparently, some of the characters from the ARG show up in the credits of the movie, but I did not sit through the credits. Oh, I meant I meant to watch the credits that. and find out what that guy's room number was. I also meant to do that, and I meant to watch it to see if Janine Sala is in there, because apparently she is, uh, but I didn't. Yeah, I, I thought to do that, and then two and a half hours went by, and I forgot yep. all of it. <laughs> Yeah, by the time I like finished this movie, it was my bedtime, and I was like, "Well, good good night, I guess." Yep. <laughs> Here, you know what? I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Roger Ebert gave this film three stars, saying it was quote wonderful and maddening. I agree with him. But then he re- he revised it, and like later he revised it, and he said he was like wrong about well, it. Well, Roger Ebert isn't as smart as I am, so here we are. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of, uh, apparently a lot of um, reviewers think that it's a very weird mixture of, like, the two styles of, like, Spielberg and uh, Kubrick, which I agree. I Yeah, I think that for all that has been said about the plot, I do think that the most interesting thing about this movie is that it is, what if Steven Spielberg tried to direct a movie as uh, Stanley Kubrick? Um I think that that part is interesting to look at. And if I were a more, if I was the film buff that I was in college, I would go a little harder into that, but I'm not anymore. And I'm very rusty. So I'm going to let it lie. (laughs) Also, uh, the, the writer who wrote, uh, the short story that this movie was originally based on was originally supposed to be the writer for the movie. And then Stanley Kubrick fired him. (laughs) And he was really mad about it. Huh. It turns out Armand White really liked this movie. And if you know anything about film reviews, that probably says enough. (laughs) I don't know anything about film reviews. This guy uh, is known for basically having the world's hottest takes about movies. Oh. Like, I think that if I remember right, he's like the one person that has a rotten review of like Toy Story 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like he is um, known for having uh, here his he praised the film, noting that, quote, each part of David's journey through carnal and sexual universes into the final uh, eschatological devastation becomes as profoundly philosophical and contemplative as anything by cinema's most thoughtful speculative artists. So, yeah, remember David's journey through carnal and sexual universes? 
Like, I guess. I, I guess. Anyways, this movie's good. If you want to watch Haley Joel Osment kill himself, that sounds weird. If you want to watch a little Haley Joel Osment beat the shit out of another little Haley Joel Osment, it's a great time. Yeah, that was truly a highlight of it. It really movie. was. <laughs> um, yeah, I. How do we end this podcast, Mart? I I don't know. How did we end uh, Freddy Dog Spook? I think by do I think by asking each other how we end this. Uh, thank you all for joining us for Mediarg Analysis. Uh, please send us in a better name for this show because it's not good. Um, we will be back next month. I think that we are actually going to cover National Treasure this time after threatening it for so long. Um, so come check us out next month where we will cover that movie and we're going to rate the game in National Treasure. So be on the lookout for that. Yes. I'm excited to do that. I'm so excited. I might live stream it for some people i own it on dvd so i i could just like screen share cool we'll see what happens yeah if you're interested in that uh keep an eye out on our discord we'll probably have more information there as that happens yeah hell yeah uh well until next time i'm andrew i'm Mark. and you know that because you paid for this good night everyone <laughs> until next time that's movies baby mm-hmm.